In our message, Jesus teaches us how to enjoy God's love even in a world that hates him. Hi, my name is Dan Slofer. I'm the pastor at Crosswalk Church in Phoenix, Arizona, and I'd like to welcome you to our message. Uh, we are in a series called Count On It, and today our message is Count On Love and Count On Hate. When you hear that, count on love and count on hate, what do you think of? I go first of all to the, the love part, and I, I would like to believe that everyone in this world knows love and is, is experiencing love, but I know that's not the case. And so in case you haven't heard it today, I love you. God loves you. Uh, and as I think about the ministry of Crosswalk Church, Crosswalk Church is a community where all may come to know the grace of God. And grace, by definition, is undeserved love. So that at Crosswalk Church, we want you to know that love of God, to strive to live new, and to share the love of Jesus. And so part of that love, too, as the church, what God wants for you, what God wants for his people, is to experience his love in community so that you not only know his love, but also the love and family and community of his church. The second part of that then is the hate. And the hate usually is something that I have a little more difficult time dealing with. When I think of terrorists, I usually associate that word with hate. And especially when people go and they do things that are very extreme, like strapping a bomb to themselves and going and blowing up people they don't know, or uh, going in a place where there are women and children and not only wishing them harm, but doing them harm and even killing them. And sometimes when it comes to hate, that it can be confusing, that you might even ask the question, I do, how can someone who doesn't really know me hate me that much or, or hate our, uh, our country or whatever it is so much? And so if you've ever felt that way, I, I think it's important for you to get a grasp, for me to get a grasp, for all of us to get a grasp on the love of God, the hate that we can see in this world, and the question really that we're wrestling with and that Jesus answers today is, how can I enjoy the, the love of God while enduring the hate that's in this world? And Jesus has an answer for us. And where we go is John chapter 15. And it's right before this, Jesus had said, I am the vine, you are the branches. And he's talking about this connection that we need to have with God. Jesus is having this discussion during the Lord's Supper uh, and during the time that he's in the upper room. So this is in the hours just before his death that Jesus is telling his disciples, you are going to have the love of God and the hate of this world and you can find joy in the, in the midst of that. And in John 15 verse 9 through 11, he says this, as the Father has loved me, so have I loved you. Now remain in my love. 
If you keep my commands, you will remain in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commands and remain in his love. I have told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. As we look at this, it, it does. It, it talks about the, the love of God and then the joy that Jesus had because of his relationship with the Father and the joy that he wants us to have as we live in community with God as well. And so in this section, what, what I'd like to do is give you a, a little bit of a definition of love that, that I would use in this situation. And my definition is that love is the willful desire and action. Love is the willful desire and action to do what is best for a relationship. Or, or for all of us. And for Jesus, that started in eternity, that the Father, the Son, and Holy Spirit acted in love. God is love. And so this idea that the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit lived together in a willful desire and action to do what was best for each other, that, that's who God is, that, that even though there are there's one God with three persons, yet this unity uh, that has been from eternity and to eternity. And now what God is inviting us to do is to come into that, to live in love with him. And, and a recognition here that he says, just as I have kept my father's commands and remain in his love, that, that we also will keep God's commands and remain in his love. And so with love, there is going to be obedience. And probably the best way to understand that would be to understand a, a father-child relationship or a parent-child relationship. That because a parent has what is best for the relationship and for that child, that even though the child might not understand what the parent is trying to do, the child needs to obey them. That has to follow the direction that the parent is giving so that the relationship is kept strong. And the time that a child would step out of that is when they come into danger. Uh, they're in danger because all of the, the commands that the parent is giving is given for their the good of the child, in, in the best interest of the child and the relationship. And so it is with God, our Father, that, that even with Jesus as he lived in this world, that he, he welcomed the commands of the Father and he recognized that as part of the willful desire and action to do what was best, to do what was best for that relationship and a relationship with us as well. Jesus goes on to say, my command is this. So now as he's talking to his disciples and talking to us, love each other as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. You are my friends if you do what I command. I no longer call you servants because a servant does not know his master's business. Instead, I have called you friends for everything that I learned from my father I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you so that you might go and bear fruit, fruit that will last. And so that whatever you ask in my name, the Father will give you. This is my command. 
love each other. Once again, we, we see this definition of love, love that willful desire and action to do what is best for the relationship. We see that lived perfectly by Jesus. Because when it came not only in his relationship with the Father, that, that what needs to be done for the Son to lay down his life to pay for the sins of the world, that Jesus did it at the command of the Father, but also in his relationship with us, that when it came to doing what was best, he made that ultimate sacrifice by giving his love. It was because of a willful desire to have a relationship with you and me. And not, now, not only do we have that with Jesus, but we have it with the Father as well, and we have it with each other. And so Jesus follows that up by saying, follow the Father's commands and, and you will live out this love. As you hear that, again, I, I don't know how, when you hear that word obedience or obey or command, if, if that makes you shy away a little bit, that you say, those aren't the words of love. But I would argue that's exactly what they are. And the reason why is because when Jesus was asked to summarize God's law, do you remember how he did that? He summarized the law by saying, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. So when you think about the relationship of loving God, what is the first thing we want to do? Number one, have no other gods. Have an exclusive relationship with God. That's the first commandment. What do we want to do? We want to uh, have God's name and, and hold it as holy and pray to him. And that's the second commandment, not to misuse God's name. We want to go to him in prayer and praise. And the third commandment, remembering the rest that we have in Jesus. So all of these these commands revolve around love and our relationship with God and doing what is best, letting God be God. And then in our relationship with others, it starts with obedience to our parents. Why? Because they also want what is best for the relationship or those who are in authority. That we look at the gift of life and marriage and our bodies, health, our possessions, all of those things Jesus summarizes in the word love, love for God and love for others. And this is something that lasts. This is, if you want a long-term relationship, I don't care if it's with God, I don't care if it's in a marriage, in a friendship, that you find someone who, who will do whatever it takes, like Jesus, to lay down his life in order to, to continue that relationship, you have something lasting. But then Jesus switches a little bit with, with words that are, are sometimes hard to hear. They're hard, they're, they're hard for me to hear and, and they're hurtful in some ways. He, he says in verse 18, if the world hates you, keep in mind that it hated me first. If you belong to the world, it, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. And I just want to stop there for a moment because now, remember, we talked about love as the willful desire to do what is best for a relationship. And now I would argue that hate is the willful desire to do what is self-serving in a relationship. 
And there you have the difference between God and this world. God working in a relationship with us, wanting that relationship. The world not wanting what God wants, but wanting the selfishness, wants what it wants. And because of that, there's always going to be this huge clash. And we live on the front lines of those clashes. And why? Because we share what God wants and the world doesn't want that, doesn't want that relationship and will not only reject God, but will reject us as well. The reading continues with verse 20 and, and Jesus says these exact words. He says, remember what I told you? A servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you also. If they obeyed my teaching, they will obey yours also. They will treat you this way because of my name, for they do not know the one who sent me. If I had not come and spoken to them, they would not be guilty of sin, but now they have no excuse for their sin. Whoever hates me hates my father as well. If I had not done among them the works no one else would do, they would not be guilty of sin. As it is, they have seen, and yet they have hated both me and my father. But this is to fulfill what is written in their law. They hated me without reason. In these words, as we recognize that hate, that individuals are going to hate us because of our relationship with God, Jesus is saying, first of all, be comforted because they hated me too. And it's comforting because if they hated someone who was perfect in Jesus and perfectly loving like Jesus was, is it really a surprise they would hate those of us who are imperfect? No, it, it's not a surprise. And Jesus goes even farther to say, you can count on that, especially if you are teaching my words, if you're teaching uh, the commands of God, people will bristle. They will not want that. They will not want what is best for that relationship. They will want what is self-serving and they will want what makes them happy, not what makes God happy. And I hope you realize that, that if you follow along with relationships that are self-serving, they are, they are bound for destruction. Think about that. In, in a marriage, two people who are self-serving can be married, and they can be married for a while. But as soon as they don't have common selfish self-interests, they divide. But not with God's love. God's love is, is lasting. And so we, we recognize this in the world, even through their hate. Finally, as we look at that, we can also have comfort in the life and the love of Jesus, even in the midst of hate. I think of Jesus on the cross when the haters said to him, he saved others, but he can't save himself. And I, I just can't get over how true that comment is. And in those words, he saved others, but he can't save himself. In that moment, they were recognizing what true love means, that, that he willfully gave himself for the relationship to have with us. And in some ways, they were almost saying, don't do that. Don't, don't, don't think about the relationship with us. Be selfish. Then we'll believe in you 
And, and it's the exact opposite of the way the world thinks is exact opposite of how God thinks and how we will think as well. So in the midst of those persecutions, it's going back to Jesus, recognizing he was persecuted because of his love for the Father, and we will as well. The final words are a promise, and it's a promise that, that the Holy Spirit will come. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. And so in the midst of this, the promise is that the Holy Spirit, the Advocate, sometimes called the Counselor, sometimes the, the same word here is used as Comforter, the one who brings comfort. So even in the midst of being hated, we're brought this comfort from God's Word. And not only does the Spirit testify to us, but the Spirit testifies through us. So that as we're, we're sharing God's word and enjoying that relationship with God, living in love, he wants us to share that love, e even to a world that hates it. Because through the Holy Spirit, others like us come to enjoy that love, turn to God, enjoy that love, follow him, enjoy the forgiveness that we have in Jesus Christ. Shortly after these words, Jesus would go out to the Garden of Gethsemane. Ultimately, he would be arrested and go to the cross and have an opportunity to show that this love worked. When he rose from the dead, proof that God accepted the payment, proof that, that living love in a relationship, even to the point of giving your life, lasts. And it lasts an eternity, not only for him as we continue to praise him, but also for us as we live as his children. And so as you go from here today, enjoy the love of God. But don't be surprised by the hate. And I hope you can join us at Crosswalk with a vision of being a community where all may come to know the grace of God, that we strive to live new, to follow his commands, and we share the love of Jesus as we live in community, as we follow him, as we listen to him, and as we testify to a world that needs his love. Let's pray. Dear Lord God, we thank you for the love that you show as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You have shown us perfect love in, in yourself. It, it is true, you are love. Now, Lord, as we go through our lives, there are times when, when we do act in selfish self-interest. Uh, there are times where in our own hearts there is hate. And so we ask that you would forgive us for that, that you would let your love cover our, shortness, or our uh, shortcomings and our weakness and our sin. Lord, help us live in love with you and testify to you and through you and, and, and through us, Lord. And we pray this in Jesus' name, amen. And now may the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look on you with favor and give you his peace, amen.